Research that gives us a new understanding of a common yet relatively unknown birth defect, congenital diaphragmatic hernia. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs, the Science and Research Show is on the scope. I'm talking with Dr. Gabrielle Cardin, Associate Professor in Human Genetics at the University of Utah. She's just published research in the journal Nature Genetics that gives us a new perspective into the causes of congenital diaphragmatic hernia, or CDH. Dr. Cardin, I had not heard of CDH before. Um, can you explain what that is? Most people are familiar with hernias um, as inguinal hernias. And so in an inguinal hernia, um, you're, you have a weakness in your abdominal wall, and your guts basically um, protrude through your abdomen. And what you can think of CDH as an inguinal hernia in reverse. So instead of your guts going downwards, they go upwards through a weakened diaphragm and up into the um, thoracic cavity. And therefore, um, the, the big problem is if you have your liver and your guts into your thoracic cavity, they will um, basically interfere with the growth of the lungs. Before your research, what did we know about how this um, defect, birth defect happens? So I would say the majority, majority of the information about CDH actually comes from human geneticists. So they um, basically examine, um, they take blood samples from CDH patients, and they look at their genetics, and they look and see whether there are um, mutations in their genes or their regions of their chromosomes that are deleted. And so basically what we know is a whole lot of genes and quite a few chromosomal regions that are strongly correlated with the incidence of CDH. And the real problem has been that we have no idea how these mutations lead to CDH. And, um, and I think that's, that, that was the problem that we were interested in addressing. How do we go from a mutation to developing a weakness in the diaphragm? Mm-hmm. You, and that's part of why your research is so insightful, because you came at it from a totally different approach than what's been done before. Right. So we just started by looking at how does the diaphragm normally form. Um, and basically, we looked at a lot of um, different kinds of mice where we could genetically label different components of the developing embryo to track where do the muscle cells come from, where does the connective tissue come from, where does the tendon come from, and how do they get linked up. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that's part of your research here, too, is, is understanding what happens normally and then understanding what happens in the context of CDH. Right. So what, what, did you, what do we know about now about what happens normally and then what, what goes wrong? Basically, the diaphragm you can think of as a ring of muscle cells um, and that inside the center of that ring, the muscle cells are hooked up to a tendon and surrounding... Each one of those muscle cells is a bunch of connective tissue or collagen. Um, and that collagen is linking the muscle to the tendon and also the muscle to the bone. And um, so normally we think of the connective tissue as basically providing structural support and holding the thing together, mm-hmm. but, but basically playing a pretty passive role. And then the surprising thing that we found in development is that the connective tissue was the driving force for diaphragm development. It basically told all the other cells what to do. And so we basically took um, our cue from the human genetic studies, and we looked at um, 
basically one of the most prominent genes that has been identified as playing a role in CDH. And this was a gene that's called GATA4. And what we used is some fancy tricks so we could knock out GATA4 in its function in particular cells. And what we found that was really surprising is that GATA4 was essential in the connective tissue. And when you got rid of GATA4 in the connective tissue, you always got hernias. And the hernias looked just like the patient hernias. Okay. And um, so we had weaknesses in the diaphragm. We had the liver herniating through the diaphragm. And the mice had small lungs. And just like the human patients, most of those mice died at birth. One thing that was amazing to me is that you got these hernias every time you did that experiment. I mean, which doesn't happen very often in science. (laughs) Right. So it was, you know, it's, we have now looked at hundreds of these mice. And every single time we knock out the gene in the connective tissue and not, um, and I should point out, not in the muscle. So in the connective tissue, we have these hernias. The way these hernias develop is actually a little bit counterintuitive. Right. So um, there is, you know, just decades of data on hernias in patients. And from that data, um, MD, you know, doctors had always suggested that hernias were holes in the diaphragm and that through these holes, the liver and the guts can herniate through. And what we found is that in the mice, where we can observe the formation of the hernias from the very beginning, what we found is that the hernias are not initially holes. In fact, what they are are regions of connective tissue, but that have no muscle in them. And so they're not actually holes. So the holes may, may form later um, as the liver keeps protruding through this region, which is really weak and has no muscle. But initially, it doesn't start out as a hole. So that's completely counter what the, um, the sort of the dogma is from the, from the physicians and from the pediatric surgeons. Now that you have all this kind of basic information, what what can you do with that? So the other thing that we learned um, is how, so we know that the connective tissue is the problem. And the other thing that was really surprising we learned is that the defect is really early. So typically um, in humans, um, a mother learns that her baby has CDH by an ultrasound at roughly 20 weeks. Um, and this is this is quite late. And in the mice, where they have a much shorter gestation time, we see um, herniation about two-thirds of the way through gestation. Um, but when we look earlier, we actually see the defect is much, much, much earlier. In fact, the defect would correspond to roughly between 40 and 60 days in utero mm. in a human. So it's much earlier. But the idea is that we could actually go and test some potential therapies um, in our mouse embryos and see if we could rescue these mice that we know will get hernias if we allow them to develop, and can we somehow intervene? Mm-hmm. So, um, bef- you know, obviously, clinical trials is yeah. is a big deal, and especially when you're talking about doing something potentially in utero. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you need to be able to try to test things in something other than a human. Mm-hmm. And the trick has been that we've never had basically a very good mouse model mm-hmm. of, of CDH. And so 
I think it's, you know, an excellent starting point that we haven't had before. Interesting, informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.